And welcome to the Bitcoin in Nigeria show. We are the voice for the Bitcoin in Nigeria and all across Africa. I'm your host, Charlene Federipo. Today, we will be speaking with Tongai Toto, the founder of Afroblocks, who is, which is a marketplace for African talent based in Zimbabwe. Let's get started. Good afternoon to those joining us from the United States and good evening to those joining us from every country across the beautiful continent of Africa. This is the Bitcoin in Nigeria show. Thank you so much to everyone for being here with us today. My name is Charlene Fadarepo. I'm the host of the show. And again, we're the voice for Bitcoin in Nigeria. Nigerian all across the continent of Africa. Today is Monday, September 26, 2022. The price of Bitcoin is $19,176 per coin. We've seen a little bit in the drop of the price. So of course we say Bitcoin is still on sale. So you should be absolutely stacking your sets. Before we get started, let me tell you a little bit about the Bitcoin in Nigeria show. We are focused on being the voice for Bitcoin in and all across the continent of Africa. If you've been with us for the past year or so, you know that our mission and our vision is clear. We are focusing on expanding the narrative of Bitcoin by giving voice to the innovators, the ecosystem builders, the developers, and the early adopters that are leading this Bitcoin revolution that is happening all across Africa. We hope that these discussions help to deepen your understanding of this space and the global use case of Bitcoin across the continent. Some of you are joining us live on Twitter Spaces, and if that is the case, thank you so much for being a part of our community. Others are joining us on our YouTube channel, The Bitcoin in Nigeria Show. If you're joining there, we thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, still others might be watching this on our website, which is bitcoininnigeria.io. We thank you and we appreciate any support that we've had. And again, it takes everyone to build this space together. Before we get into this amazing discussion with the founder of Afroblocks, I wanted to tell you a little bit about me and my background. I'm Charlene Faderepo. I'm a career banker. I'm a former U.S. regulator based here in the United States. I'm a Bitcoin advocate and active. I'm the founder of two companies, one company, Guidify, where we help Black women build wealth through Bitcoin education classes, and also Mango Digital Strategies, where we help institutions get smart about cryptocurrency and build their and future-proof their strategies uh, through crypto. I also have two books that I've written. One book is called Bitcoin and the American Dream, which is a book that we're using to have a, a smart conversation with elected leaders in the United States about Bitcoin and the promise of Bitcoin U.S. economy. And if you are uh, a Bitcoin, if you are a Bitcoin parent, uh, you might be interested in my children's book called Shade Satoshi's, which is a, a book to teach our little ones about the power and promise of Bitcoin. All right, as far as I format today, we are going to be focusing all of our discussions and spending some time with Tongai Choto, who again is the founder of Afroblocks. As always, as we always do, we're going to leave about 10 minutes at the end of this discussion to join for you all to join us live on Twitter Spaces for you to ask us, you to ask Tongai questions about what it was like on his Bitcoin journey and you know what it's been like building out. 
Afroblast. Um, we always, always, always record all of our conversations because we want everybody in the community far and wide to be able to benefit from this knowledge and information. And again, we will be here for all in about an hour. So enjoy. So let's meet our guest for the uh, afternoon. Tongai Choto is the co-founder and CEO of Afroblocks, which is a pan-African marketplace where African freelancers can provide remote services to clients across the world. Tongai was recognized as one of the most influential people of African descent under 40 in Inside Africa 2020. He is the former former vice chair of science of the science and technology sector for the African Union's Pan-African Association. Tongai has been developing blockchain solutions since 2014. And he was part of the team that received the first ever remittance license from a reserve bank to explicitly use Bitcoin to send funds. And, and in that capacity, he was a product developer manager of Bill Murray, which is an international startup based in Washington, D.C. Tongai is based in Harare, Zimbabwe, and he studied computer science and math at the University of Zimbabwe. Welcome to the show, Tongai Choto. Great, great. Uh, thank you for having me, Charlene. Excellent, excellent. So we read an amazing bio and all of the wonderful achievements that you've made so far, but I'd love us to get started started for you to yeah. tell us who you, for who you are tell us your educational background and we'd love to hear your bitcoin story thank you thank you when you were reading i was like who's that guy <laughs> 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 but yeah thank you so much you know for for having me i think it's it's so easy when you're building uh to you know just focus on trying to get ahead and forget about you know the work that you've already achieved and as you're reading you know it just you know kind of uh gave me this this feeling to to continue you know doing the work uh but yeah i'm i'm tongai choto uh co-founder of afri blocks um based in Harare, zimbabwe uh but you know afri blocks is a is a is a u.s registered company uh i'm currently in washington dc uh we just uh we just finished the black blockchain summit of which uh you know afri blocks is a co-host um so it was, it was super amazing you know meeting people we had uh the African Diaspora Connect event on uh, last week as well. So yeah, that 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 has been great. Um, but you know, taking you back, you know, to talk about uh, my story um, goes back way to like uh, 2014 when I graduated from the University of Zimbabwe doing computer science and mathematics. And um, you know, during that point, we were trying to figure out what next. You know, where should I work? I've, I've, I have this degree, what do I do next? That's when I, I heard about Bitcoin. And um, the very first time I heard about it was from uh, uh, one of my mentors, uh, Mr. St. Clair Skinner, because he came to Zimbabwe looking for software developers to to work with. And I remember that night, you know, I was just reading and reading and, you know, thinking, you know, this is amazing technology. You can send money to anyone and you don't need to go through a bank and the fees that time were like, like two cents to send a hundred dollars, you know, all of those things. So instantly after that, that's when I got to work in the space, um, you know, blockchain, building uh, financial technology services, and particularly 
to be able to to help out because during that time um, we had you know a lot of uh, financial um, you know issues back home in Zimbabwe, uh, particularly our financial system was not stable. So you know uh, cryptocurrency and and Bitcoin uh, was and still is you know one of the solutions that that I personally think can can change people's lives. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Okay, so that's, uh, and of course, you guys, Sinclair Skinner was the founder of the Black Blockchain Summit, which just wrapped up yep. in Washington, D.C., which is on the campus yep. of Howard University. So thank you for that. I want to, like, I want to spend some time on that real quick. So, um, you know, you you guys were the host of the Black Blockchain Summit. Tell us about why, and, and I think you mentioned earlier that you, you, you attended the Black Blockchain Summit and then over the years you began to expand your role in that summit. Tell us why that's important and tell, I'd love to hear your, your thoughts on kind of connecting um, the African diaspora to folks that are currently living in Africa. I think one of the greatest things about the Black Blockchain Summit is, you know, we we are learning this new technology coming together as you know enthusiasts uh, thought leaders and uh, you know basically leaders in the space and you know this is being done on a global scale i literally flew in from zimbabwe we had people from uh, from kenya we had people from uh, nigeria come into the summit and you know also people from all over the the united states and the goal was to literally say how can we use uh, blockchain technology how can we use bitcoin to you know to to develop our communities you know globally as as african americans as black people globally how do we do that and i think those conversations are super important and when you you know everyone in the summit i'm sure when they came you know you never had anyone talk about uh, join my thing uh you know, for $10 or, you know, there's this club, none of that. It was just about the technology. It was just about the technology and how do we, you know, solve the challenges that are in our communities using this, you know, this infrastructure that has been, you know, growing since, uh, since you know, uh, 2009 when you know, the first, um, you know, white paper of Bitcoin was, was you know, released. So, um, yeah, this is, that's why you know I say no. Let's let's keep you know being in this space. Afriblocks. What we do is we are a pan-African freelancer talent marketplace, and what we do is we connect uh, designers, marketers, uh, developers uh, from across the continent with remote jobs uh, across the world. So anyone in the world who wants to work with African talent is able to do that in a seamless uh, you know way. Uh, you know, from posting a job to collaborating and to, to you know, making payments. So that payments aspect is where, you know, we, we now talk about, you know, how do we further develop, you know, the financial technology infrastructure uh, for the future of work in Africa. Because currently, you know, someone you would want, would actually, you know, it's difficult to find, uh, you know, someone to work with, uh, which, you know, AfriBlocks is, is fixing. And it's even harder when you do find someone, it's even harder to figure out how do I pay them? Because, you know, someone is in Zambia, someone is in uh, you know, Ghana, in Kenya, they're all different, you know, regulators, all different territories. And, 
you you now have to figure out how do I pay them being someone in 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 you know Washington DC or San Francisco. So that infrastructure is what we are you know uh, every day we we wake up and you know keep building on that to say it has to be easy. It does not have to be as difficult as it is right now. Um, I'll give an example about the. I don't know if you know the SWIFT system, uh, oh. the SWIFT financial system globally. I think and, you're very, very familiar. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's crazy. Like, literally, Zambia is next to Zimbabwe. But if I want mm-hmm. to make a wire transfer to Zambia, um, it has to go through the, the, the SWIFT system. So it has to come to the gets, U.S.? It has to get approved in the U.S. Oh, no! <laughs> before, before it gets wow. to, to, to Zambia, which is literally, like, the country next to ours, so you know uh, our our legacy legacy financial mm-hmm. structure globally is is it's it's not working. You know, given all these changes in technology, all these you know advancements in the internet, uh, mobile phones, laptops. You know, I literally like you know my phone is you know way more powerful than the the computer that I grew up using. It's like you know. 300, 400 times more powerful, but still you're telling me that, you know, my money has to go through the United States first before it goes, you know, to the next country. So to the country literally next to us. So it's all about, you know, uh, control. It's all about, um, you know, power. And that's why, you know, blockchain technology is is important for us to learn, you know. Um, again, you know, in any currency, you know, it's, it's very easy to have... Uh, bad actors and bad players so that's why we need to lead and say this is how you know this should work and it should it's not based on one one person's opinion it's based on you know the whole community coming together and and building together indeed and for folks that might not be familiar with the swift system the swift system is basically a network of 11,000 banks around the world that are connected and typically in the traditional system those banks use the swift system to do currency transfers and to do institutional payments. And to Chongai's point, I mean, it can take as long as three days in the U.S. to make, you know, if I wanted to make a payment to the U.K., it can take three days. And so to your point, Tongai, you know, country to country in Africa, it is ridiculous that a payment has to come to the United States, leave the continent, come to the United States, and then go back. And then what you didn't talk about was the fees, because any bank in the SWIFT system has full jurisdiction to charge whatever they want for money transfers. You pay when it leaves. You, and so you literally are paying at, at every toll gate, um, which is is just unacceptable. It, it's slow. It is, it's too expensive, and it's unacceptable. It's 2022, and you know the banking's infrastructure in the world, because it's not just Africa. In the world, needs to mature. Um, so, so to your point, like that. That's why the work that you're doing at Afroblox is is so important. Because you know, I, I'm excited about Afroblox because. Because for blocks, because you guys are building infrastructure, you're supplying startups with talent. That's the hardest part of building a, a yeah. startup. I'm an entrepreneur. I understand how hard it is to find good people, but you're also upskilling folks that are in country in Africa. You know, we haven't talked about this, but Africa suffers from the brain drain, where the best and the brightest have to leave to go get great jobs somewhere else. But if all those folks are leaving, you can't build an industry in country. So that's why Afroblox's work is so important. 
Okay, so I've, I'd love to hear about some of the success stories. So I know you guys have been connecting uh, professionals with opportunities for quite some time. Are there any success stories uh, that stand out that really speak to the impact that you've been able to make um, across uh, the continent of Africa? Sure, sure. Um, I, I do like, you know, the 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 point that you made about, you know, AfriBlocks being able to to bridge that gap um, between, you know, uh, particularly around the brain drain uh, that's happening. Because what we, we're saying is, you know what, you, we, if this infrastructure is there, you'd have no reason to leave the continent. There because you, go. you can just, you know, still get work done from wherever you are. Exactly. And, um, you know, really the, the backstory, um, just to take you back a bit, when AfriBlogs, um, you know, the idea started, you know, I was working for, um, for Bill Murray as a, their lead developer, you know, in, in San Francisco. And, um, you know, as soon as you meet someone and mention your software developer, the, the next thing they're going to say is, um, I'm actually looking for one, or I have a friend that has been looking for a software developer. Can you, can I connect with you? Can you help? And at that time I, w I wasn't able to do that, you know, because, you know, of time and everything. But when I go back home, uh, you know, my colleagues, my friends who I went to school with who are way more better des uh, developers than I am would say, you know, can you, can you connect me, you know, with, uh, with job opportunities? And, you know, for me, that was like the light bulb. Why not just connect these two people and, you know, they do what they have to do. And um, created a WhatsApp group, uh, you know, it started with like three of my friends and within three months it grew to like 600 people. Uh, from across you know four countries looking for jobs and wow. that was like okay so was that? There was a room. Was that? you say what, what year yeah, that, was, that? Was, that was around uh december 2019 uh when you know that blew up and then you know i, I was like ah you know we need a structure for this created a website over a weekend you know for people to register so that we just know who's who we need this you know jobs being posted and things like that and from that point onwards, we needed to keep, you know, uh, developing this infrastructure. And I really did connect and see the impact of someone. Uh, this side who said, I really need talent to help me with this, get their job done. And this side who said, I really need a gig. And they were able to be paid. So there are two people in this marketplace that, you know, managed to connect and you know get their work done and be able to, to you know advance you know in their lives with you know what they were doing and that's when i reached out you know to my co-founder uh, roger roman uh who i'd worked with before uh you know at that startup and you know as soon as i mentioned you know what we what what the idea was i was like yeah let's let's build this let's do it and you know that that from then on we were building we managed to to get into textiles uh in January of uh, 2021, um, mm -hmm. actually we qualified in December, you know, started the program in January 2021. And um, fast forward October 2021, we got accepted into Google Black Founders Fund uh, for, 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 you know, Black Founders. And, you know, we have been building since then. Uh, recently as well, uh, we got funded by Adverse, uh, which is... Um, you know, uh, a, a Web3 forecast fund uh, because, you know, part of what we're building, you know, is, is towards how do we get this infrastructure to be able to reach more people and, 
you know, solve that issue of um, of payments, you know. So, uh, yeah, that's that's you know some of the the great you know milestones that we've had. You know, and again, uh, it's, it's super easy to just um, you know look towards the future, which is something that I do the most, and you know forget about the things that we have achieved as a startup building based out of you know as Arari, Zimbabwe, Washington, uh, you know, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and, you know, literally building globally, which is difficult. <laughs> you know, it's not uh, that easy. You know, startups, uh, you know, our startups are. Yeah. yeah, indeed, indeed. That's fantastic. So let's, let's switch gears. I'd love to hear, since you've been in this space for so long, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the Bitcoin ecosystem in Zimbabwe how it's grown over time and you know who are the key players and and what are your hopes for that ecosystem yeah so so the ecosystem like well recently i think the ecosystem is shaky anyway why mm. because of the price and uh you know most people that that get involved in this space unfortunately uh you know looking at the price you know they they putting in money they wanted to gain you know within the next three, four days a month, I don't know. Um, so, but in Zimbabwe, the, the market is what I think it should be, um, you know, everywhere else. It's literally peer-to-peer. -peer. There are WhatsApp groups which you can join and say, I'm looking for, you know, uh, $100 worth of Bitcoin. You know, you, you send to them, they send to you, you know, literally just on WhatsApp, Telegram, which is peer-to-peer, -peer, which I think, you know, is is it shows the power of uh, of uh, of bitcoin as as a technology or as a as a digital currency um i do think you know more can be done you know to to educate um you know particularly the the i'll say banks regulators companies uh because you know there's this thing where uh people just because we unfortunately there were some scams that came in uh, when uh, when it started, I think there was this called Triple M, which was a multi-level scheme of you know trying to get you to bring two people. Like it's you know how mm. crazy it is. And yeah, I'll, but I do always say this though: um, scams will happen in any currency. <laughs> right. That's <laughs> whether, right. Whether it's, it's, in any currency yeah, and in currency. any yeah, in any currency, any, any country, country, and any time. So, agreed. Yeah, so so you know Zimbabwe being a country with you know regulations, the police and things like that, they they banned Bitcoin because people were being scammed, and for them because what they know is Bitcoin is scamming people, they're like, okay, let's stop this because the funny thing is when someone joins this scheme, if they get money from that, they're good, but if they lose money, guess who they go to? To the police, they go to the regulator. Like, yeah, I lost money here, and now the regulator is trying to figure out what, what's going on. Why are so many people losing money? So, they had to to do what they had to do because, um, you know, to protect the public. And now, you know, I I know the Reserve Bank has set up uh, what they're calling a sandbox uh, for you know blockchain companies who want to participate so that they can take an approach where a research based approach approach where they can look at you know how can we use this and um you know I, th I think it's a great idea as opposed to just you know uh leaving this space unknown like 
people are not sure is this okay is this not okay so that's where we are and uh, i do hope you know that the sandbox works and i do hope you know it moves faster because it was created a while ago and uh, so far you know we haven't had you know uh, much feedback but you know uh, that's something you know on my end as well i need to check to see you know how that has been going yeah, indeed. And so um, I know that uh, Zimbabwe, unfortunately, has that has a title of having three digit inflation. And I think I think the last yeah. I checked, the inflation in Zimbabwe last year was about 192 percent. That's compared to here in the U.S., we have 8.5 percent inflation, which is incredibly high. So do you see so those folks that are using Bitcoin on a peer to peer basis? Do, I mean, are they is it all about kind of trying to, to gain or are, are folks do you see folks saying, hey, you know what? Bitcoin is, is so much better than our current Zimbabwe dollar. We're going to keep our currency there. Um, or is it a mix of, of both? I think I'll, I'll, I'll mention something that. Um... That's my opinion, because <laughs> the thing with the, the inflation and everything, um, it's so weird that, you know, I've lived like, uh, I would say, 10 years of my life in Arari, Zimbabwe, and that the biggest country in the world is sanctions on a country with like 16 million people, the biggest economy in the world for things over 10 years now. So all of that... Uh, you know, among other things, uh, affected you know the 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 economy, affected the the currency, and you know there you know there's so many you know uh, points you can point to to say this is the the one that caused this, but I think it's collective of all of that, yeah, yep. that, that you know caused those those issues. But um, the interesting thing is, I I see people use Bitcoin, or not just as a store of value but mostly as even uh, a way to transact because because of those sanctions, there's some countries that you try to buy something and you cannot because uh, they're like, oh, we don't accept this. I remember, I think there's a, a company called uh, B-Ford. People can buy cars there using mm -hmm. Bitcoin because they cannot do that using local currency because oh my that company is not from... Zimbabwe is that company is not from Zimbabwe, so basically they don't accept you know our currency. And where are they from? Are they African or they're? African? I know it's um it's a used car market. I think based out Japan, I think. But it, this is just they an example. Yeah. So you say what? They, so they own, they don't accept the Zimbabwe dollar. They but they mm -hmm. do accept accept Bitcoin. Yeah. So so they accept Bitcoin. They accept United States dollars. But, you know, locally, United States, I mean, it's not made from Zimbabwe, United States dollars. So it's not readily available. So now people ended up buying Bitcoin using local nice. currency to be able to, to trade basically globally. So I just mentioned cars, but, you know, the other things as well, like, you know, maybe you're trying to import goods, all of that. But all of this is, is mostly like directly peer-to-peer. -peer. There's really no no platform or company that facilitate facilitates that so um it's 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 a long way to go um and you know recently i do feel like you know um you know things can get better it's just that most people again when they join bitcoin they want to gain of which you know from history you see that bitcoin uh, is uh, really volatile 
uh, you know, you can wake up and it's something else and, you know, people can lose money. So I always advise people to, or recommend rather, people to say, you know, when you about to do this, do your research, don't just, you know, go in blindly um, and know that, you know, there are risks uh, to, to being involved in this space. Good deal, good deal. What do you think, and I think we've kind of talked about it, but what are the biggest barriers? Would you say the biggest barriers to Bitcoin in Zimbabwe? Is it just education plus infrastructure and tools? Or would you, how would you characterize the biggest barriers? What you say? I think one barrier, there are a lot of other barriers as well, but one barrier that people uh, don't talk about is the fact that for you to buy Bitcoin, you need to have the money to buy it, right? Okay. So if you're someone who's, you know, uh, you know, just getting money enough to get you to the next day or next month and really don't have, you know, savings to spare to buy this thing that's digital, that, you know, you really, your mind is not in that space. Your mind is about how do I get to the next month and, you know, someone is here talking about buying something digital that, <laughs> you know. So so the approach that I that we take is, you know, let's create these job opportunities to our, through our platform. You know, someone has a day job and they're also able to become a freelancer, probably work, you know, uh, during the night time because of the time zones out there, like, you know, uh, opposite. You know, I think Zimbabwe is like seven hours uh, behind the United States. So you're able to actually do your day job, get home, rest two, three hours, start, you know, to do, you know, to, to do design work for another company, you know, this side or in, in the UK, you know, things like that. And that's how we're taking that approach to say, let's help people in. And then it'll be, it'll be a more, you know, meaningful conversation to say, get involved in Bitcoin. Now, like, Because right now people just involved in the, in the sense that they know what it is, but not in the sense that they're participating and creating wallets and, you know, having savings in Bitcoin was a, they just don't have that, you know, side income. So that's, that's the approach that we're taking. Got it. Got it. So disposable income. I mean, and, and that's true. I mean, you know, we always encourage people, you should not be investing the money you need to live your life in any yeah. investment, especially Bitcoin. You know, this is, this is you should be investing your disposable income, you know, the income that you don't need. And hopefully that's long term income. So that's a really good point. Giving people the resources to have other income sources so that they have extra money to invest. Um, yeah. Yeah. OK, so let's uh, a few more questions and then we'll wrap. Um, what are you most excited about uh, as you think about Bitcoin's impact um, on Zimbabwe and the future of Africa? I think I'm excited about uh, its connection with Web3. Um, mm. Because, you know, there's been this, uh, you know, at AfriBlogs, we're building that technology infrastructure right, to connect, uh, you know, African professionals with the rest of the world. And, you know, recently we just, uh, you know, silently put out our, our beta. You know, we, you know, we're still, you know, getting people to test it, but it's the new platform that, you know, we've been creating and developing over the the last uh, close to a year now. And um, the shift after that, the next steps will be to integrate more of this emerging technology uh, that 
that improves or accelerates the growth of uh, um, adoption uh, for you know talent for clients being able to get their work done. So I think that that's that's the my greatest um, you know uh, what I'm looking forward to to see how Bitcoin is what role and to what extent it's going to play in the the future of work in Africa and beyond. Excellent. Well, Tangai Choto, the blocks, we thank you for your time at the Bitcoin in Nigeria show. We're excited about the fact that you are connecting Great. talented mm. professionals with wonderful jobs so that they can invest in Bitcoin and live better lives. Uh, we look forward to you building and growing the AfroBlocks uh, organization. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you so much. You know, the, the way that you're doing is important. Uh, people need to hear these stories and we need to tell our own stories, right? And, you know, platform like yours helps us to do that. So thank you so much for having me. All right, guys. So thank you so much for joining the Bitcoin in Nigeria show. Just like we always do, we will transition from this platform and go to Twitter Spaces so you can ask Tongai any questions about Zimbabwe, uh, about Afroblocks and about, you know, being a pioneer in the space. So give us a quick a couple of seconds. We'll switch gears and you will do we'll do live QA on Twitter spaces. Thank you so much, guys.